This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. All right, Rick. We are exactly one week away from the 2023 NFL Draft. This is with the first pick, CBS Sports NFL Draft Podcast. This is episode 40. How's it episode 40 already? Yep. I'm Ryan Wilson. That's my guy, Rick Spielman. He has more than 30 years of NFL experience, including a decade as the Vikings general manager. And it's another mock draft Thursday. But instead of Rick ripping apart my mock, and by the way, he still refuses to do one, we are joined by our guy, Emery Hunt, to talk about his mock. And Emery, I'm going to be honest with you, we had our guy BMAC on yesterday because we were talking cornerbacks and safeties. And uh, his BMAC mock draft 1.0, as he calls it, is coming out Monday. And, man, he needed some answers about their QB ranking. So we'll get into that today, give you a chance to defend yourself. Uh, you already said you've been de- having to defend yourself on Twitter, and you sound like you were taking a beating. You doing okay? Oh, I'm doing fine, man. <laughs> I'm built for the, the the long haul. I was a running back, so I'm built for endurance. So let's go. Hey, I You're even a running pro- back, actually? Is that what- <laughs> Yeah, Louisiana. You can see all those pictures back there. <laughs> Just like Ryan was a second baseman for a Division One program. That's that right. Watched the guy. Yeah. I'm going to turn the, the camera because that, that picture right there, that's me <laughs> missing a pitch in college. That was, that was a strike three someone took a picture of back, you know, when they had the film cameras. Okay, uh, that's photoshopped as usual. Everything else is. Now, Rick, if you want to get into it, let's bring that picture from behind your shoulder with that mustache. Oh. <laughs> Look at this. Look, Rick liked that one. <laughs> so if you're watching on, uh, and Debo, this wasn't the picture I thought you were going to bring up. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, this is the perfect strangers. Who, who, who's Bar- one of y'all Balky Bartonimus? Who, 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 oh, you know what? Rick is Balky because he's got that uh, that Balky outfit on with the vest. Because Rick's been busting out the guy of bar stuff. Um, and yeah, so I'm, I don't know what Balky, I can't remember Balky's cousin's name, but he, you know, Rick is invading my house. I got to let him live in my apartment in Chicago as we figure things out. So. I, I do appreciate Rick putting his armor on me, though. That's that's uh, that, yeah. that's when you know he likes you. Look at that I, waistline, Rick. You got we're in size twenty eight britches. <laughs> <laughs> my head doesn't fit into my shirt. <laughs> I look like a turtle. <laughs> uh, so anyway, and somehow my head's bigger than your head. That's not quite right. But I think our buddy Will Brinson made this for us. So thank you for that. <laughs> Chuckles all around. Debo, I thought you were going to bring out the the picture of Rick doing his hard hard man pose at the uh, Anthony Richardson pro day. Did you see that picture, Rick? You must have seen that. See if Be- see if uh, Debo can find that. Standing uh, like a federal agent. Yeah, he was like <laughs> like he was at the bouncer at the club, and you weren't getting in. <laughs> uh, but anyway, we got to give to Emory's mock draft today. And Emory, I yeah, there's a lot of work to do on this one. I, and well, I just looked at it this morning, and uh, a few other other commitments this morning. But do you want to put on your guy bar uh, your guy bar Graydon shirt? Or are you good with the the muscle shirt? No, I'm just where. Yeah, I just uh, like I said, rolled out of bed for this one because handsome, handsome as ever. <laughs> uh, but listen, I'll give Emory credit because uh, he does more work than anyone in his. Uh, oh, well, did you read that off the card? The Debo sent you. Oh, you can read. I Go appreciate ahead. all the hard work and effort you put into this show and there everything. <laughs> there it is. So if you're watching on YouTube again, this is Rick getting ready to knock down the wide receiver trying to run routes for Anthony Richardson. He dared him to come across the middle. Yeah, don't come this way now. <laughs> Power stance. What What are you thinking right here, Rick? What's my man purse. Do you like my man my purse? You got your man purse on. You like Jerry Seinfeld. It's a carry all. What are you What are you thinking? Are you Are you you thinking about running through them like you were back in uh, back in training camp or back at uh, Southern Illinois? No, I'm sitting there and I'm looking at him. I said, do you believe that I'm going to have 40 podcasts under my belt before the draft <laughs> even comes around with Ryan Wilson? And I said, you don't listen to Pete Prisco, do you? Because he's way off as well. 
I love this is actually on NFL Network or ESPN, one of their broadcast feeds, and I had a bunch of people send it to me because I was you had left me at that point, so I was uh, I was standing on the sidelines behind the rope. You see that rope there? Rick said, "Forget it. I can stand wherever I want to stand." I was behind the rope, following the rules, and Rick is. For as much as you might believe, he follows. The, this man does not follow the rules. I First follow basement. the rules according to Rick. <laughs> First baseman, Rick Spielman, right there. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's trying to break up too. All right, let's get into this thing. And um, oh, I should note by the way, in case you're just back from Mars, uh, the draft is next week. It turns out, and we'll have wall-to-wall coverage to keep an eye for that. I believe uh, Rick. I believe Emery's going to be with us in the studio for day three coverage in Stanford, Connecticut. So we'll be doing the HQ thing as well. And remember, you can always watch us live on YouTube at NFL on CBS. And please subscribe. Uh, Rick is trying to put the roof back on his house. I don't even have a house. I'm doing this from a tent. Leave us a comment, give us a thumbs up, and drop us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Emery's doing fine, by the way. He lives, lives next door to Jay-Z and Chris Rock in Jersey, so he, he's got nothing to worry about. Um, all right, let's get to it. Enough fooling around with you, you, you numbskulls. Uh, Debo, how are we doing this? Are you going down the list? Yep, yep. Going down the list. All right. Let's start at the top. And I don't think you have any trades, right, Emery? We're just going no, no 31? And this is based off what I would do as the GM of each individual team. Not what I think will happen or what will happen. is based off my own thoughts of what I feel like the team needs are and how I w- would attack in a draft. All right. And I, that'll I, keep you on this podcast for a long time. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right. The first up for the Carolina Panthers, they traded from nine to, to one. Rick, I, I, by the way, I like the joke. Rick leads the league in laughing at his own jokes. <laughs> uh, Rick, I'll give you the first opportunity. I know what your answer is going to be. Emory has CJ Stroud going first overall. This is what Emory would do. How do you feel about that? I don't like it at all. Uh, I think Bryce Young is uh, – Definitely the number one overall pick. Uh, every box checked off the field, every box checked from the psychological scores, every box checked through the interview process. The only box he didn't check was he's as tall as you guys are. So I understand some team concerns. So mm-hmm. but other than uh, that, if he was 6'2", we wouldn't even have this discussion. So, But I think he's just too unique, sees the field. We've talked about him a million times. Um, all in on Bryce, and uh, he would be my number one overall pick. All right, defend yourself because you're not alone in, in liking C.J. Stroud a little better. Part of the reason that some folks like C.J. better than Bryce is size. Do you have something else in mind that you're thinking about, Emory? Well, this is why I have him going there. It's not necessarily I have him as my number one quarterback. The reason why I but like you're Stroud, asking, you're acting as the GM, the GM right? What I would do. So, so the reason why one overall quarterback, why wouldn't you take the number one overall quarterback on your board? Because if I'm putting on my GM hat, I like the fit that we have constructed here with the coaching staff and the staff in general. Jim Caldwell, Frank Wright. You also have Josh McCown. McCown is a little bit of an outlier because he was a little bit athletic. But you talk about guys that develop pocket passers. Who's the best pocket passer in the class? It's going to be C.J. Stroud because of his accuracy, because of how he manages within the pocket. I like Stroud as a better fit for our Carolina Panthers. Your Carolina Panthers. Your Carolina Panthers. I'll use the word our. Well, I have my GM hat on. Scott Fitterer, man. Emory Fitterer. So at number two, and we'll see what happens. I had heard that the Panthers are on CJ a few weeks ago. Now it seems like the tide is turning to Bryce, and I think the lesson is now that Rick is no longer in front offices, he's not leaking news to everyone, so we don't have quite the idea of what's going to happen at the top, so we just have to go on on the media reports. No response, Rick? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I know I know something's afoot when Rick doesn't answer because he's always going to answer for something. All right, pick two. Texans are on the clock here. And, Debo, I don't think I'm speaking out of school when I said that we had a conversation with Bryce Young that will be released on the on the podcast uh, next week before the draft. And I'll just say this. I'll give you a little teaser. Rick, he said, tell my guy Rick hello. He was, yeah, he I was, can't believe you interviewed him without me. I am. It's like I'm very – it's like you're cheated on me. That's I know. my guy, and you uh, cut in and uh, – Kind of like or uh, blocking me away from my guy. And I was bad-mouthing too because I wanted him to like me more than he likes you, but he likes you a lot. All right, Texans, number two, Emory. Where are they going to take a quarterback, and who are they taking? They're taking Bryce Young. And the reason why I went with Bryce Young here is because if you're Houston, you have to find a way to re-engage, reignite that fan base. And I think the Houston Texans on paper on both sides of the ball have an underrated roster. So they need someone that has a steady hand and they need someone that has played in big games that can bring a little bit of that magic they had with the Deshaun Watson, someone that is able to to win off script and do things creatively to kind of get that fan base back engaged. And Bryce Young, to me, 
makes the best fit here for, for Houston. And Rick, if I'm understanding you correctly, you would go Bryce one, CJ two, if you're yes. making these picks? No question. What about the reports again, uh, reports that we don't know how truthful they'll be. We'll find out in, in a week that Houston isn't on CJ at number two. Should Bryce go f- number one? Are you, are you not buying? Not, I'm, I'm selling that rumor. You have to take a quarterback. You said that before, right? If you're Houston. Yeah. How can you not take a quarterback? There's <laughs> only opportunity. Hopefully you're not picking one or two again next year. You may not right. be there. D'Amico will be there, but the GM may not be there. Yeah. So you better take a shot at your guy when you have an opportunity. Well, so far, this is pretty conventional, Emory. I, I'm expecting some fireworks here. Let's see. At three, you have the Cardinals uh, taking Will Anderson, which Rick's been on board with that for, for months now. Um, new GM. Yes. Years. That's right. If you, if you if you ask Pete Prisco, uh, the the payments have been coming for more than twelve months. So that's why Rick has been on Will Anderson. Um, but new GM, new head coach. You don't want a controversial uh, player there with any sort of off field baggage. And Will Anderson is a great dude. So let's go to four, where the Indianapolis Colts are also a team that desperately needs a quarterback. Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, still there? Who are you taking? I am taking Anthony Richardson, and the reason why I think Richardson is a perfect fit for Indianapolis, Shane Steichen just left from Philly with Jalen Hurts. You look at what Richardson has on his, at his disposal here in Indy, very good offensive line, elite running back in Jonathan Taylor. I think when you pair Taylor with a, a, a mobile quarterback, he's likely to have a, a higher yards per carry average than he's had in his career. And what if I told you, Florida's receivers dropped everything known the man that contributed to his 54% completion percentage. So what if I was to add, you know, a Michael Pittman Jr. and Alec Pierce, a tall tight end in Jelani Woods behind a very good offensive line and a great running back. I think this is an ideal situation for Richardson to get in and play early and get his feet wet early and then get better as the season goes on. I think this would be the ideal fit for him. So that's why I went with Richardson. Would you start Gardner Minshew to begin the season, or are you just throwing him out there? Absolutely not. The One of the knocks of Richardson <laughs> is he needs experience, and you can't learn anything from a guy that you're better than right now on mm-hmm. April 20th. So get out there, learn under the fly, sink or swim, and again, we can help you grow slowly because you have the athleticism and because you have great talent around you. The Indianapolis Colts can compete right away in this division if they are able to grab Anthony Richardson, in my opinion. So, Rick, two questions. Are you taking Anthony Richardson here, and do you agree with Emory of the opinion that you just throw him out there day one and see what happens? One, yes. Uh, I don't think – I think you do take Anthony Richardson for all the reasons that Emory stated. Two, I would make sure that I wouldn't make that determination until I went through the OTAs into the training camp to see if he's ready or not because – you don't want to throw him out too early, and then he becomes like one of them hunting dogs that looks great, and all of a sudden he hears a shot go off, and next mm. thing you know, he's in a rabbit hole when you're digging him out and walking him two miles back to the car. Not that that happened to me in my life, but there's a more experience. <laughs> you just want to make sure before you throw him to the wolves, that at least he is ready for the wolves. I didn't know you were a hunter and that you had hunting dogs. Did you train I did it? That was my only hunting trip, and no, ah. I didn't shoot anything. The only thing I did was carry a hunting dog back that was gun shy. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, because that's hard to train those dogs. So that I was going to going to give you going to delve we into that. We picked up a dog out of the the uh, the, the uh, pound and yeah. thought it was going to be a hunting dog. And the reason it probably was in the pound because someone put him in there because he <laughs> couldn't hunt. Right. So it became a great family dog. Never went hunting again. Yeah, that dog is actually pretty smart. He's like, look, man, I don't want to do this. So I'm going to act like I don't know what I'm doing. And then I'm going to lay. Well, he knew what he was doing. He went right down the damn rabbit hole. And I'm sitting in there trying to dig him out of the rabbit hole and carrying him two miles on top of my shoulders. And he weighed about you... 90 pounds. So you had to carry him because he was frightened? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it wouldn't move. That's hysterical. That, uh, God, I would pay to see a picture of that. I look like Elmer Fudd. You can bring up an <laughs> Elmer Fudd picture of him. Where that silly little wabbit. <laughs> all right, number Outfit five. <laughs> what did you, you say, Emory? Outfit and all, hat and everything. <laughs> yeah, where that wabbit. <laughs> oh, Jesus. The sad thing is your Elmer Fudd impression is way better than your English accent. That's- well, good. I will talk like that on the way here. <laughs> Now he's what? Doing, I don't look at my British accent. Do I think I sound British? No, you sound I, like you're I think I have to suspend Rick from doing accents. <laughs> he says so at least post draft. <laughs> Ryan, we got a lot of new listeners coming up over the next, you know, week. Oh my gosh. Uh, we gotta suspend them for, for two weeks from accents. 
They're going to go back and tell people, Rick, this man ran the Vikings for 17 years, and he sounds like he's Jamaican when he does an English accent. <laughs> he's from the islands, Avery. All right, here we go. Pick number five. The Seahawks are taking Jalen Carter. That feels pretty straightforward. We've talked about that to death. And, and Rick, what's the term you use? They celebrate uniqueness in Seattle. Yep. And, and they got a great support program for him. Absolutely, and, and there's the stability in the front office and the coaching staff, so no concerns there. Number six, things get a little interesting here. Jeffrey Coot has been traded. Uh, they have picked six and 18, the Detroit Lions do. What are we doing there, Emery? I'm going Christian Gonzalez, and, and here is why. One, he's an elite talent. And two, yes, they bring in Emmanuel Mosley. Yes, they bring in Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, but both guys are on one-year deals. So Cam Sutton. Cam Sutton, they brought in as well, so you lock, you lock him in. But now you still you lose a Warrior uh, to free agency. He's going with the Giants, and so you have two guys that you brought in on one year deals, which makes it interesting. So why not continue to stockpile that position with an with a chance to get an elite talent? You're never going to pick this high again. You hope so. Right. So get a guy at that position. Um, and this was one of the best players available type picks for me. So that's why I went with Gonzalez. So Rick always says you can never have enough edge rushers or cornerbacks. Rick, would you? Assuming health, would you take Tyree here, or are you fine with Christian? No, I would definitely uh, probably look at that defensive end, too, because after that defensive end goes, then what's next? You got the uh, edge guys or two-point guys that stand up, except for uh, uh, Murphy, Miles Murphy. But I think, uh, so you would definitely – that would be a tough one to pass on, knowing that you can probably swing back. You have another first-round pick that you can swing back and still get a potential Deontay Banks or someone like that. So, and then in this scenario, though, the only thing that I would bring up in a meeting is Gonzalez, who I love is a football player, Weatherspoon. I couldn't turn the tape off because he was just too fun to watch. Gonzalez is bigger. Weatherspoon is more physical, in my opinion, and especially in run support. This dude tries to knock you out. I compared him yesterday on a show uh, to not the same stature, but to the same tone setter when I was with Antoine, Antoine Winfield Sr. Uh, because he was a tone setter on defense, and it's rare that you get a code corner that's a tone setter on defense. And knowing Dan Campbell's personality, Aaron Glenn's personality, would they maybe lean towards Witherspoon just because of how f not only he can cover, but how physical he is. Although I recognize Gonzalez's talents as well. You'd win with either one, but I'm just trying to think now. I'm Detroit. Dan Campbell wants knee biters, and <laughs> Witherspoon is definitely a knee biter in my he opinion. Is a knee but would you agree, Rick, that both these guys have a chance to be top 10 picks, Christian Gonzalez yes. and Devin Witherspoon? Okay. okay. Sure. All right. So that's the conversations we've been having for weeks here, Emery. But, um, Obviously, Christian Gonzalez is a great football player. Uh, you think that Dion would have made him transfer if he was still in Colorado? Nah, he would love he would love <laughs> Gonzalez, man. Because <laughs> he he was like making a lot of guys leave. All right, number seven, the Raiders are on the clock here. They taking the quarterback because they may need a quarterback at some point. What are we doing? My thought process for the Raiders is hey, I'm not forcing a quarterback pick here, especially if I don't think the guy that everyone wants to put here based on how the draft fell is worthy of a seventh overall pick. I'm going back to the cornerback well, and I'm getting Devin Weatherspoon because selfishly, I love the fact that he's a physical corner. And I just, and a part of me wishes they were still playing in Oakland because that Oakland crowd, he would feed off that mm. with how physical he is making these tackles. Vegas is getting that way, but I love the fact that he fits the Raider MO. And I can probably get my quarterback, who I think is better anyway, in you know, a good port of round two, or maybe trading back into round one to take. I would put Hidden Hooker with the Raiders in round two. So that's why I went corner in round one. Here's my comp for Devin Witherspoon for the Raiders, Rick. Lester Hayes, how you like that? Love no. it. What'd you say, no? <laughs> Stickies. Yeah, sticky hands. Yeah. Very, you can't beat that. <laughs> this man put the whole can of stick on his own. Like, bro, you didn't just use a little bit. Like, you put all of it out there. Yeah, I mean. Oh, yeah. He used it as eye black. He had it on his hands. He had it on his forearms. <laughs> all right, pick number eight. The Falcons are on the clock here. And, I mean, they have needs everywhere, primarily on defense is what you see happening in a lot of these mock drafts. Emery's going in a different direction. Rick, what are you doing here, Emery? Jackson, Smith, and Jigba. I couldn't – listen, the Falcons have done a fantastic job in free agency across the board on both sides of the ball. You want to see what you have in Desmond Ritter, who finished the season really well. That's kind of fostered that growth in his development, adding another weapon. So now you have 
Jackson Smith and Jigba. I almost went running back here, but you have Jackson no, Smith and Jigba. Gracious. You have Drake <laughs> London. You have uh, Mr. Pitts out there as well. Yep. I'll, and you have Algier, who's a good foundational back. Listen, this would be a very good offense that can compete in a questionable up in the air NFC South. So I went receiver here based off what they did uh, in free agency. I thought they did a phenomenal job. This team is going to be a sleeper team uh, in 2023. You're right. They did do a lot. They got Jesse Bates. They got uh, David uh, Anyamata to play in the middle. Calais Campbell has a has a year left, maybe two years if they're lucky. So, Rick, let me ask you this, because we haven't talked a lot about wide receiver at eight for the Falcons. Um, Emory talked about Drake London, but then the, the other starter penciled in right now is Matt Collins uh, and slot Scott Miller. Uh, I mean, what are we doing here? Frank Darby out of Clemson didn't play a whole lot when he was in Kansas City, and there's not much depth behind them there. If you love Jackson Smith and Jigba, is eight too early to take him if you need defensive help, too? I, 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 that's too valuable of a player because I'm going to have Tyree Wilson on the board still sitting, staring at me in the face. And not to discredit Jackson Smith and the Jigba because I think he's the number one receiver now as we went through this process. But I would hold on taking a receiver because there's a lot of good receivers on Friday too that can come in and help. And it's rare to get a guy like Tyree Wilson. And I understand – some of the guys that they signed, I mean, you know, a couple of the New Orleans guys, I believe they signed, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Caden, Bud Dupree, they signed from Tennessee. They signed Bud Dupree, but to get a Tyree Wilson uh, to add, because they could not generate any pass rush last year. Mm-hmm. And uh, they need as many pass rushers as they can get. They're a little bit under the under pressure this year to start winning. Now, they were in it last year, I, I you know, to the end, but it was a very weak uh, NFC South division, but uh, to pass on a, a potential perennial Pro Bowl uh, edge rusher, uh, that's a, that's a hard one for me to swallow. So uh, clearly, if Jackson Smith and Jig was there and Tyree, you're taking Tyree Wilson, the edge rusher at Texas Tech. What if you have your pick of the cornerbacks, Christian Gonzalez and Devin Witherspoon, or Tyree Wilson? Are you still taking Tyree? I'm taking the the rusher because there's not the the depth falls off quicker at the pass rush than it does at the corner. Okay. So I, I'm taking the, definitely taking the pass rusher. All right. Fair enough. Pick nine Chicago bears on the clock. They traded down from one in real life to nine here. Stockpile some picks, which they need to do. So Emory, we've heard a lot about Tyree Wilson. That's Rick sky. They need help along the offensive line. Cause Justin Fields was running for his life. What are you doing here? Yeah, but they did some good things in free agency, bringing some guys in that could help foster that growth. And I also look at their defensive line and said, where they're getting pass rush from. They they are not the Falcons, in my opinion, and what they were able to add. So this is where I put Tyree Wilson. I think he is someone young, still developing, uh, you know, nuance as a pass rush. I think he's a better five technique than he is rushing off the edge as a seven or a nine. So you can grow and develop him within that role, but he can start right now for you up front because they literally have no threat of a pass rush. So I went Tyree Wilson here for Chicago to help build that defense. Their defense is the reason why they lost a lot of those games last year. They couldn't get pressure, couldn't turn the ball over, couldn't stop anybody. This goes a long, a long way in helping them rectify that issue this season. Rick, I'm guessing you're okay with this because you've been talking up Tyree Wilson the last few picks, or do you want to take Paris Johnson? Yeah, no, I can't game? believe that uh, Atlanta just passed on Tyree Wilson. So I'm, I know I need offensive line help, uh, but they've been very proactive. I think they've done a great job in free agency putting the weapons around, trading for the DJ Moores of the world. And, um, you know, they signed Nate Davis, a guard uh, from Tennessee that will help solidify the, the front. Um, Demarcus Walker, they signed an edge Tennessee, but you got to take the pass rusher. And I can't, if I'm the Bears, I would turn that card in in nine minutes and 58 seconds remaining on the clock. The league won't announce it till under five minutes. <laughs> um, but uh, that's to me a no brainer. This is a no brainer pick. If the GMs didn't screw it up in the first eight picks, I wouldn't be sitting here as happy as I am. Look at, look at uh, Emory's a gas. Hey, let me ask you quickly, then we'll take a break. Rick, can you turn a pick in and then say you get a phone call from a team that wants to do a trade? And can you re- uh, You can't take it back out, even though the team. We always waited till after the about three or four minutes before okay. we turned it. And the other point to make is that I wanted to make sure that you talked to that player and we had him on the phone. Okay. Because I wanted to make sure that he was alive, that he still had all his limbs. Uh, <laughs> nothing had happened. Hey, proof but of if life. Happened, if you drafted a guy uh, 
and you can't get him on the phone. So we had our scouts for a week straight call every player on our draft board, 270 of them or whatever it was, mm -hmm. to make sure we had the right phone number, where they were going to be on draft day. And we would start calling them just knowing that, hey, we're going to draft you. We're going to call you. And sometimes there's a little game going on, gamemanship, like the pick before. Like, mm -hmm. for example, if Atlanta uh, and Tyree Wilson was still on, and I probably would have tied Tyree Wilson's lineup. So Atlanta <laughs> couldn't call him. So, <laughs> so does this happen with all – Seven rounds, you're you're making sure they're they're all on the phone. Oh yeah. Even? oh yeah, never drafted a guy that we didn't have on the phone. Did you ever not get anyone on the phone? And you had no, to... we always got someone on the phone. Oh okay, all right. Well, that's that's a good sign. So, they return your phone calls. Yeah, that and... was nice of them. <laughs> Trying to give someone a job and they answer the phone. That was very nice of them. All right, look at that little little nugget of insight from my guy Rick Spielman, even though he's not wearing his guy bar shirt. So let's take a quick break, and when we come back, Rick will be wearing his guy bar shirt right after this. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, we're the. Not we're enough the time, Ryan. You didn't give me enough time. Those are, if I had a five minute break in between these, which most hosts get when they yeah. do shows. <laughs> Plus, you got to peel that t shirt up because it's pretty tight, Rick, all those curls you've been doing. So I understand that you don't have your wife to help you get it over it's your head. It's my squeeze ball. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we've got through picks one through nine for Emory's latest mock draft because it's mock draft Thursday. We wanted to pick 10 here. Emory, you have them taking Miles Murphy. And I'm going to start with you, Rick. Is this too early for Miles Murphy, who is 6'5", 275, but a little raw? A little raw. Um, you know, worked out. His numbers confirmed that he does belong in the first round because this is one of the players you haven't heard a lot of buzz about. But right. I think teams do like him. They like the potential upside in this kid. So Eagles do need edge rush help. Um, they don't, I would see them definitely probably going this way, uh, unless there was a safety or somebody out there, but to me, it's too early for branch. Um, so I'm going, I'm going to be, I'm going to be okay with this pick. Emory, your team running back and no Bijan con consideration here at 10. This is where Emory hunt, the GM has to calm down. Emory hunt, the scout, Lock him in the closet. Emory hunt, the scout is like, Hey man, we could be explosive on offense. We could average 50 points a game if we get Bijan or Jameer Gibbs. And I'm like, I hear you, but we got to think about the future. We just put some money into uh, Rashad Penny. We also want to give, you know, Gainwell some opportunities. We are good running the football already. I hear you. Let's maybe wait till 30, but we do things differently here in Philly. We like to build on both sides of the line of scrimmage. So let's, took, let's take a look at the defensive line. Graham can't play forever. Let's get a guy that's you know, a good pass rusher, good run defender, sets the edge rather well, and help us continue this dominance on both sides of the line of scrimmage in the division. Rick, would you consider B. John Robinson here, running back out of Texas, or are you just taking Miles Murphy? Uh, I'm going to give a teaser since I learned that in a uh, seminar that we'll be talking about that scenario coming up later in the show. Look at that. Look at this guy. That. Look at that. <laughs> All right. Take that, that Ebo. Was that a good <laughs> teaser? <laughs> 
Debo's refusing to talk. It's a, he, he wanted Bijan as an Eagles fan of 10. He's mad at you, Emery. All right, pick 11. The Titans are on the clock. Peter Skaronski at a Northwestern. This feels like a pretty good fit, and we've talked about this. So let's go on to pick 12, because pick 12 is an interesting one, Rick. And uh, you and I have discussed Zay Flowers, but not to the extent that we've seen him go this high. Emery, you have Zay Flowers going 12th overall to the Texans. They got their quarterback, Bryce Young, at number two. They get him a, a wide receiver in Zay Flowers, uh, 5'9", about 183 out of Boston College. Jackson Smith and Jigba is already at the board at eight. So explain Zay Flowers, why you like him so much. I love him, man. This is a kid that reminds me personally of the explosiveness part of it in every direction of, of Tyreek Hill. Ah, yeah. don't say that. But when, you, but when you look at the reason why I went 12 for him, because they just lost a guy that seems to get traded every four years in Brandon Cooks, who's legit oh, a stud. Hey, let's replace Brandon Cooks with another version of Brandon Cooks. They need someone to take the top off the defense. And I feel like Flowers can not only win at the intermediate level of the field, but he can also win deep down the field. He's a, a catch-and-run guy, explosive guy. And I love the fact of drafting a young quarterback and getting him someone young to grow with and develop with and throw to, which is why I went with Zay Flowers. Yeah, Rick, I said it on the podcast last week or so that I've heard that Zay or Jackson Smith and Jigba have a chance to be the first wide receiver drafted. What do you think about this? Cause I know you think Zay is inside only. Yeah. I just, my biggest concern, I love him as a football player. I, I'm not even questioning that. Um, he was the only thing they had on offense and even every AS ACC team defensive played against him, still couldn't stop him, and they didn't even have a good quarterback. So I can understand the talent level here. I don't see, the speed of Tyreek Hill in this kid. Um, that's one thing I disagree with. He is fast, but he's not Tyreek Hill fast. And um, But I would probably have leaned a little bit maybe in a different direction um, because Zay Flowers, are you drafting a guy this high? This, in my opinion, is going to be a slot. I don't think he can play outside versus the corners in this league, and I could understand the return potential that you're getting with him. But do you take a slot receiver this high? That's the only question I have. With returnability, too, but just to qualify there, but I get what you're saying there. Pick 13, the Jets. Uh, I'm assuming Aaron Rodgers will be there at some point. I don't know when that's happening. Rick thinks it'll happen over draft weekend. Uh, we'll find out together in, in a week, seven days to the draft, Rick. Uh, Rick, I'm going to start with you because... Please don't do this, Emery. <laughs> <laughs> so they drafted Mackay back in a few years ago. Big... Officer tackle out of Louisville. Um, I don't know if he struggled with his weight. He struggled with injuries, and and they're his... he struggled with his weight. Okay, his... yeah. So we're going to take another big struggle with your weight guy. That's fine. So Dewan, Dewan Jones, Dewan Jones, right tackle out of Ohio State with Paris Johnson Jr. and Broderick Jones still on the board. Uh, Rick, tell me what you're thinking. If you're another team, then you see this happen, and you need an offensive lineman. Where are you at, right? If you're sitting next to me, we're going like this, high fiving. <laughs> All right, we're doing the high five <laughs> virtually. I don't understand when they need a left tackle, why wouldn't you take the two best left tackles on the board? Because me personally, I believe in Makai Becton, so I, I will bet on him. We took him in the first round. We took him high. Let's let him grow into that left tackle position. Let's let him not literally grow. Well, well, not yet. Don't grow anymore. He's lost <laughs> weight. So he looks great. So i like, okay, let's, let's see if this works out for him. And we could potentially kick – uh, Max Mitchell, who played at the University of Louisiana, kick him down inside to right guard or left guard, move him on to the other side, left guard, because we got Elijah Vera Tucker there, you know, as well. And now we put another wall on the right side, and he could plug and play right now, and therefore we have solidified our offensive line. I almost went with Paris Johnson, but because he's a left tackle, I was like, hey, man, I'm going to believe in Makai Becton. A lot of invested in him. He's lost weight. He looks good. He's talking the right way. He's doing a lot of good things. And so let's bet on him one more time. And therefore, we could play with Max Mitchell, who's a versatile offensive lineman. I want to get a right tackle specific guy. So that's why I went with uh, big Dewan Jones, who's not quite Flozell Adams, but doggone, he's close to it in terms of size. Flozell, the hotel. Is that too much uncertainty for you, Rick, with, with both Mekhi Beckton oh and Dewan Jones? I just yeah, potentially made a mistake with the uh, Louisville offensive tackle because of weight issues. And I just soured on this kid when we were at the pro day and heard all the rumors about his eating habits. Dewan Jones, you mean? Yeah, Dewan Jones. And the guy, while well, Paris Johnson and Whipler are sitting there 
busting their rear, end, rear ends going through the pro day drills, and then offensive line coaches take them to the end zone while the other drills are going on and continue to work them, and they don't drop, and they just keep wanting more. And then I see Dewan Jones there standing in a sweatsuit just watching people, and that just drives me crazy. And then he shut it down after the first day at the Senior Bowl, had a really good Senior Bowl day one practice, and then shut it down again. So I have concerns. There's red flags for me personally on this player. Uh, I did like his tape. I'm not going to say I don't like his tape, but I don't trust to take another guy with a similar uh, red flags that uh, Beckton had when he came out of Louisville. All right. What we got here? Oh, there's Rick in the actual draft room. Look at that. During COVID, his hair looks great. Rick, your hair looks fantastic there. Look at that. Flawless. Yeah. You and Coach Zimmer. By the way, it's like the Viking little thing on the back. Yeah, I was going to say, it, it, the logo. So if you're watching on YouTube, Debo dug up a, a, a Zoom shot from the draft in, it must be 2021. Is that right, Rick? I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 2020. 2020? Oh, that's right. The 2020 after everything, just after everything shut down. So that's Coach Zimmer. And who's in the bottom left there? That's uh, Jamal Stevenson, my uh, college director. Oh, nice. So uh, that was a good draft. That was the J the Justin Jefferson draft, right? Yeah. The, the, yeah. This is the moment that they found out that um, a certain <laughs> franchise selected Jalen Rager. <laughs> <laughs> so this is Rick's face when Emery's picking Dewan Jones and he wants Paris Johnson Jr. So that's the actual look. Uh, no, my look is what Jamal's doing right now. That if I was with the Jets, that Emory was the GM, and they just took Dewan Jones. <laughs> there he is. That's my son Ronnie coming in, getting some TV time. Yeah, look at. <laughs> I love it. Oh, that's from one of the videos that we did that you shot. Man, good times. All right, here we go. All right, Emory. So, I, in your defense, I get it. Also, be glad that Rick treats you better than he treats me because he would have made me cry if if I take a Dewan Jones with that <laughs> I pick. Don't make you cry. I just try to help. All I am. Self-esteem builder on this podcast. Oh gosh, you know, feels... actor that builds self-esteem. Not only for my, <laughs> yeah, my he... my leader, my quarterback of the show, uh, that does a fine job and really fine works job. hard to put this off. But also all our distinguished guests that come on. Yeah. I just build the self-esteem. That's what I do. I also like to say, Emery, that if Rick were a doctor, his bedside manner would be such that you would just jump out the hospital window. And have <laughs> get better. Get out of here. You're taking up space. Fuck <laughs> it up. Oh, my God. It's a broken leg. Put a cast on it. Wrap it. And you'll be fine in two months. Rub some dirt on it. Get out of here. All right. Pick 14. The Patriots on the clock. You got to pick an our guy, Paris Johnson, G, that we've been talking up. That's a need there. So that makes sense. And then at pick 15, the Packers need wide receiver help, but they refuse to draft them in the first round. But you have him taking Michael Mayer, the tight end out of Notre Dame. I'm assuming this is your tight end one or is this a fit situation? No, it's a tight It's my tight end one. And he helps oh. put the Goria down to uh, more of an H-back fullback role. Right. I like the young talent they have at receiver. Samari Toure, a young guy growing into the roles, dominant at Montana, was dominant at Nebraska. You have what you have in Christian Watson. You like what you have in Romeo Doves. Let those young guys eat a little bit. And the Packers clearly have a type at receiver. If you're long and lean, they love you out there, but they needed help at tight end. Um, and I like the fit here, plus the player, I think, is a home run. Pick, pick forward Jordan Love. Give him another safety blanket underneath. Rick, you've talked about Michael Mayer being a, a good athlete, not a great athlete, sort of a jack-of-all-trades in, in the best sense possible when you talk about these other tight ends. Would you have taken him, or, or maybe Brian Branch would be a consideration for you? Brian Branch would be a consideration, but some uh, as we get closer to the draft and more and more rumors are coming out, Dalton Kincaid's back, who had back issues with a has all of a sudden been clearing everybody's medical from what I understand. I talked to multiple people and he's all cleared and ready to go. Now with Jordan Love, Mayer is a good football player. I'm not saying that he's a better football player than he is athlete, but how high is his ceiling? Kincaid doesn't block as well as Mayer. Mayer's more of a complete tight end, but Kincaid is probably the most unique receiving tight end, in my opinion, in this draft. So do you take a weapon like that for love versus a steady Eddie solid starter? Reason why I doubled down, because again, Kincaid was in play, but I like the fact that I feel like a philosophy change is happening over there in Green Bay. They run the football rather well. And why not get someone that's also excellent in line? Now, I'm not saying 
Utah he's, not, he's good. He's not that right. he's got ways to go. There is right. uh, he's got ways to go. So does Skinkin. A lot of tape on him to have that run game blocking grow on you. It grows on you, but it's not it's not elite. Infinite. But the but either one, like if you were if you're were, we're in a room and you're convincing me on Kincaid, you wouldn't have an argument for me because I like Kincaid. He's my number one flex tight end versus my number one inline tight end. So it's like it's like, hey, which one you want? It's like uh Jabir Gibbs or B. John Robinson. We could have a discussion, but I'm not mad either way. All right. You got that, Rick? He's not mad at you. Uh, I'm uh, mad at you. He's <laughs> I'm coming at, we're coming up down the end. Stay tuned. There is going to be a discussion. <laughs> you sound like the old Batmans where they say, uh, will Batman and Robin survive the buzzsaw? You have to I am in. going to unlock the closet that the scout, Emery the scout, is locked in right now because Emery <laughs> the GM is doing everything on his own and he screwed this up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Pick 16, the commanders. They go with Osiris Torrance, the guard out of Florida. Uh, 17, the Steelers take Joey Porter Jr., which has been a popular one. Um, Rick, I'll come to you on 18 because of your ties to the Detroit Lions at number six. Uh, Emory had him taking Christian Gonzalez. Is Brian Brzee, is that too rich for you at 18, or is that a consideration at the defensive tackle out of Clemson? I think it's if what you look at, if teams are going to be discussing, are we, what are we getting? Are we getting the Brian Brzee uh, pre-injury and pre-tragedy that he had to go through? Uh, he's still young. He still has tremendous upside. So I would make that a consideration since I already screwed up and took the corner <laughs> instead of the uh, there it is. Tyree Wilson <laughs> pass rusher. There so I'm going to try to make up for the mistake I made in the top 10 and uh-huh. uh, try to address the defensive line. All right, there you go. He likes to pick. Um, did you think about maybe Nolan Smith edge rusher here? I did, but I like what they have on the roster, man. I, I'm yeah. a big John Kaminsky guy. I like what they have in James Houston rushing the passer. So they have some options. I want to strengthen that interior. And Brian Brissett is versatile enough to where he can play any one of the techniques on the interior. And also, I think, has some potential as a power rusher off the edge. All right. I like it. Brian Branch goes 19 to the Buccaneers. And I, I think that makes a lot of sense. Obviously, uh, Rick's a big Brian Branch guy, as am I, and clearly – Emory is two twenty. The Seahawks take Nolan Smith. Previously at five, they took Jalen Carter. Rick, how do you feel about a Jalen Carter or Nolan Smith reunion in Seattle? Um, yeah, no, they need edge rush, so they just took care of their two biggest needs on the defensive line and cornerstones that they can build on for a long time. So they they took care by getting uh, Jalen Carter on the inside, and then now they get an edge rusher that they desperately need. So they filled two needs with this. With this draft, thing is, so far, Emory, your draft has been pretty stock. Like in terms of, uh, you haven't done anything crazy yet. So let's see if we got anything crazy about to happen here. Pick twenty-one, the Chargers. Allison Eckler wants out. Bijan Robinson's on the board. You got him picking Julius Prince, the cornerback out of Kansas State. I've liked Julius since the fall. I've encouraged Rick to come around on him. I think Rick has because of the long arms and the. And not, the this, not this come around. I didn't come around this far. <laughs> not this far. So why do you have cornerback going here for the Chargers instead of Bijan, for example, which would be like it feels like a huge get, or even Dalton Kincaid. I love the length of of Brent and, and what he brings to the table. And now you could get someone out there that could press. You also have Mr. Ball Magnet over there and Asante Samuel Jr. And I just feel like they have to continue to get better on the corners. Um, I like those two. You know, now you get a you get uh, you know your your safety back and everything. So you got a good secondary work in there. Um, Deion Leonard is someone I'm a big fan of. Was a CFL draft pick, Ole Miss guy. Played some good special teams work for them. I expect him to take a next step forward in that second or another long corner with some length. Uh, but it was tempting. Emory Hunter scout still in the, in, locked in the closet. He was mm, like, Hey mm, man, mm. we can get Bijan. We can get Jameer Gibbs. Like, and so you got to tell him, Hey, go wait in the other room and we'll come get you when we ready. You know what I'm saying? Like Rick say, so I'm going to go ahead on and go with the cornerback help. They got to get better in that, in that secondary. You said it's a little too rich for you, Rick. All right. Would you take a cornerback here? Maybe a Deontay Banks that you might like, or would you rather have Bijan Robinson running back out of Texas or even Dalton Kincaid tied in out of Utah? Yeah, I need both. Um, so <laughs> okay, I can't help you there. <laughs> I can only take one, but I would take both of those before this player. Okay, all right, fair enough. All right, let's take a quick break. Then we'll come back and finish out the first round of Emory's mock draft, and then get to a couple picks of teams that don't have first round picks. And Emory has some players targeted to those teams. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. All right, we are back to do the final third of Emery's first round mock draft. Mock draft Thursday here on with the first pick podcast. That sounded official there, Rick. All right, pick 22, the Ravens are on the clock. I think defensive back help is uh, a pretty common theme in Baltimore. And it's a kid out of South Carolina, Rick, but it ain't Cam Smith who has been talked up for much of the pre-draft process, more so in the fall than as we get down the stretch here. But his teammate, who wasn't talked up so much in the fall, but had an explosive senior bowl and then tested off the charts, ran into four threes. He is tall. He is fast. He's a great teammate. Players, uh, his uh, coaches love him. He's great on special teams. Darius Rush is somehow made his way into the first round. This is where Emory, we went left. Emory went right in terms of getting crazy on us. All right, Emory. Here's why. Think Richard Sherman. This is a guy that played receiver. Okay. And, you know, now he's still a neophyte in terms of playing that position. I love the fact that he can press. I love the fact that he has elite ball skills. And I love the fact that he got better each and every time I watched him on film. And to me, he just fits the Ravens MO. He looked like he liked fighting. Give me those guys <laughs> all the time. Right. And so and, and when you look at what he does well. It's the it's the length and it's the press skills. And so I feel like when you need someone that, that can turn the ball over, he's that guy. I like Stevens, but Stevens was a former running back turned cornerback. So he's still growing in that role uh, for them. But they need someone that's a legit corner. And I'm going to uh, gamble on the upside of Rush, especially coming off what he did at the Senior Bowl, um, using that instinct of a wide receiver to help him out in coverage, matching routes, and then turning the ball over. And then when you go back and watch him on film and understand that he was a former receiver, to me, it, I, I don't understand why a lot of people are not looking at him as a first rounder, especially at this part of the draft. No, his Rick and I sat in the in the stands and watched him three days of the Senior Bowl, and each day he got better in those practices. But I'll ask you this if you're talking about ball skills, because this may be Rick's question too. Why not just go with Emmanuel Forbes, who is six feet, almost six one? He is 166, ran in the four threes, um, 13 or 14 career interceptions, including six pick sixes. That's because, what you Yeah, go ahead, sorry. Because I feel like Forbes is better in off coverage. We know the Ravens love to play a lot of press. They want to play zone too. Um, but I feel like, and I know Forbes is not afraid to tackle. He throws that 166 in there and <laughs> runs for it completely. So I love he throws Forbes. throws his bag of bones in there, even exactly. though he's 166 pounds. Right. It's not, it's not his fault. He's built like a lowercase L. He gets in there and get busy, <laughs> right? So I love that about him. But I like the fact that Rush gives you a little bit of everything plus the upside plus the, the, the size difference, even though I feel like size is not a skill. I like his game more. I think it's a little bit more well-rounded than Forbes. All right, Emmanuel Forbes, Deontay Banks out there, Rick, and the Ravens are taking Darius Rush. You okay with that? Or I'll let you. How long? How many shows have we done? All right, you're, you're not okay with that. That's the, I was trying to give you a tease. He's not okay with that, <laughs> unless he's the Vikings who pick at 23. And the Vikings are going to take cornerback Deontay Banks. They have needs there. Pat P is now in Pittsburgh. Pick 24, the Jaguars take Broderick Jones. This feels like a great fit. I don't know if Broderick Jones will be there, uh, but they need offensive line help as well. Um, the Giants get Rick's favorite player on planet Earth, not named Bryce Young or didn't attend Alabama. John Michael Schmitz, the center out of Minnesota, wrestling background. Rick, is that too high for a center in this draft, even though we'll probably have four guys go top 50-ish, maybe top 50 No, because I think these guys, him and Tipman, who I like uh, Michael Schmitz better than Tipman, um, have flexibility to play center or guard. So that yep. gives them some added value where a uh, 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 Weiler at Ohio State, to me, is a center only. 
Yep, Luke Whipler at Ohio State. Oh, Whipler, I'm sorry. That's okay. Yeah. Short, shortest arms, smaller frames, just barely 6'2". I think I'll double check on that. And then uh, let me ask you this, Emory, because Quentin Johnson's still out there. The Giants have some needs at, at a wide receiver, although center's the biggest need. Did you consider that here? I didn't. It, it, I, I, you know, I'm at, <laughs> no, he just I'm didn't at, know. He just yeah, didn't know, Rick. Because <laughs> here's like, I'm, I'm at whatchamacallit. I'm at Giants training camp and OTAs all the time. And I like what they have on the roster already. They're getting Colin Johnson back, 6'5 guy to Texas, who was going to be a starter last year, but got hurt during the joint practice uh, with the Jets. I like the, the Makai Polk kid, who was the leading receiver in the SEC when he came out in the draft. He's on the practice squad. He was developing last year as well. They bring in, they get Wondell Robinson back. They sign uh, Darius Shepard back, who has great rapport with Daniel Jones. They also go out and get Darren Waller, who's another mm. receiving threat at tight end. The Giants have options, and so okay. I feel like they, with the way receiver class is, they can get someone in round two or round three, but I feel like their depth is pretty much stacked right here, and, and Johnson didn't move the needle enough for me to where to usurp that center pick. What are you laughing at, Rick? Because he's speaking with forked tongue. What do you say? Oh, Huh? You're How? speaking out both sides of your mouth. You have two different opinions. You just told me, well, you can get good receivers in the second and third round. That's why the Giants didn't go here. Yet in Houston, when they took Zay Flowers, they have other needs with better players, but you took Zay Flowers because elite. you said there wasn't enough. I like the eliteness of Zay Flowers. And I, I don't like the I like the depth of the Giants receiving core more so than Houston's receiving core. And it sounds like, like you don't you don't love Quentin Johnson either, sounds like. Oh, Quentin Johnson is a good receiver, but I feel like Giants have a need at center, and that's an issue for them. And that interior pressure. Uh, really frustrates Daniel Jones or any mm. quarterback. So they really have to solve that need immediately. They can't wait on to to try to play the draft game to get a guy that's just as good or maybe slightly downgraded than Michael Schmidt. So, yeah, and we've seen John Michael Schmitz go in this in this spot to the Giants at twenty five. Pick twenty six. Cowboys are on the clock. Now you're locked in the closet at your facility. Is Jerry Jones in there with you when they locked him in the closet so he wouldn't take Johnny Manziel in twenty fourteen? Because I think you guys snuck out and you took B. John Robinson here. Um, Needs a tight end, maybe on the defensive side of the ball. Bijan, it makes sense on a lot of levels. I get it. But just with the, the Zeke Elliott stench still in the air, and no disrespect to Zeke, but just that he went so high and, and didn't play like Adrian Peterson, for example, why are you taking Bijan here? Here's the reason why. And when people talk about you're not supposed to take a running back in round one, you're supposed to take the great ones in round one because, again, you get that fifth-year option, and then at the end of the fifth year, you decide – whether or not you want to extend the guy or go back in the well if there's another great guy in the draft. Bijan is a great guy, great talent, and helps ease the pressure of trying to rush Tony Pollard back and gives you a, a significant three-down player that can help you down the field in the passing game and also as a game-breaker as a runner. Now, tight end, I'm willing to let Jake Ferguson uh, you know, do his thing. I'm willing to go into the draft later, in maybe in round two, and there are some guys that get a tight end, but – there's only two elite running backs that I would take in round one. Yep. And this is one of them. All right, Rick. So B. John Robinson doesn't feel like a stretch here. I just think the history uh, of Jerry Jones drafting running backs in the first round might still be a sour taste in, in fans' mouths. Are you okay with this? Yeah, I am. Mean, he's too good a player to pass up. Yep. I should have been gone way before this. I almost, okay. took, him, I almost took him with Washington quietly. And I almost mm -hmm. took with him, obviously, I told you guys, with, with the Eagles. No, I'm writing these notes down because I got <laughs> point counterpoint coming up pretty soon. Oh, here we go. All right. All right. 27, the Bills are taking wide receiver Quentin Johnson, who we just talked about. Uh, this isn't a team with a ton of needs. And at this point in the process, he is probably the best player on the board. Rick, you have any issue with this? No, they need wide receiver help. And I think for a big receiver, he has small man receiver skills. So he may even be able to do some slot stuff as well. Uh, but this gives them another playmaker they need to go along with Diggs. Okay, 20, 28 Bengals on the clock. This is where things get, yet again, interesting because uh, we are zigging and Emory zagging. Tyreek Stevenson, cornerback out of Miami. He's a big, long cornerback. Had a, okay, senior bowl. He didn't hurt himself, I don't think. Uh, why do you have him here? Oh, gosh, Rick, Rick just got a hairball there. Why do you have him here instead of our guy, uh, Emmanuel Forbes, for example, or maybe some of the other cornerbacks that have a chance to go in round one? I just feel like... Stevenson is a well-rounded corner, man. He he fits the mold of what corner is supposed to look like, right? Um, and I just love the fact that he's able to play well on both ends, man or zone, press or off, and does a great job in driving on the football, leveraging the ball, pressuring the ball, doing everything that you want your corner to do. 
And I, it's hard to overlook the six pick sixes and the double digit interceptions that Forbes has. Right. But at the end of the day, you look at what Stevenson does on a down to down basis. And I'm a big fan. I think he gives him a solid cover guy out there in Cincy. All right, Rick, go ahead and comment and maybe another position if you think maybe tight end might be an option here or somewhere else. I, uh, you, 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 you go ahead and come on in this one. Oh, you have something. <laughs> Why do I got to be the bad guy all the time? You, you embrace that role. <laughs> I embrace the evil villain on the podcast. I'm going to start calling you, start calling you Balky Spielman because you're Balky Bartholomew's too. <laughs> I got to remember the name of, the, of his cousin. I can remember what my name is. All right. No, I, I get it. I get the need. And maybe a t- again, and Rick, you talked about this on a previous podcast. The top 150 guys are probably pretty similarly ranked. And then things get crazy once you get to day three. This is clearly the bottom of the first round. And I'll be honest. Uh, Emory usually, as I mentioned, zags when we zig. So th- this has been pretty boilerplate um, in terms of conventional for Emory. So I'm not too upset with the pick. I would have taken uh, huh? Forbes. I get the the need the the position. I understand. I, I would have taken. I'm getting double teamed on this one. <laughs> I would have taken Forbes here, or I would have taken uh, Dalton Kincaid or Luke Musgrave. Uh, Alternatively, I, I have Stevenson going late day two, maybe early day three, but <laughs> what are you laughing at? So you, you're agreeing with the pick, yet you have him in maybe late day two, early day three, and uh, I don't know if it's Emery the scout or Emery the GM, whichever <laughs> one came up with this uh, idea was – was uh, The position of need I get. Like I don't agree. I wouldn't have taken Stevenson. Are you telling me that Stevenson is as good a player at his position than a Kincaid is at his position or an Emory Ford is at his position? Yeah. Emmanuel Forbes. No. Here's But, nah, I think he's better than Forbes. I do think that. Oh, okay. Um, But but in terms of tight end, like, I mean, we got Jamar Chase. We got T. Higgins right now. We have – uh, you know, Tyler Boyd. I, I think I think I'm fine on the passing game. You know, so I I need to get better defensively to compete. All right. So Rick, which one are you fired up about? So I don't skip over because I'm going to shoot through a couple of these and then we'll get to the picks. The the teams that don't have first round picks that Emory gave some some players to. Oh so, well, go to uh, 29 because right. that's a little bizarro to me when I have Will McDonald and Ojolari still on the board. I'm okay, so let's go to pick 29. Emory's hometown, New Orleans, on the clock here. They take Tommy Adabare, uh, the defensive lineman at Northwestern. He's a little sawed off, as Rick likes to say, but he's thick. Mm-hmm. He, he ran the four fours, I believe, uh, which is bonkers crazy. And he has longer arms than uh, – well, he has to have longer arms than Clyde Jacanzi. He has plenty of long arms, I should say. Uh, but you mentioned Will McDonald's still there, who's um, slight of frame, certainly compared to Adabare. He's much longer. You mentioned B.J. Ojolari, who's a high-motor guy, whose brother plays for the Giants. Aziz has a chance to be a first-round pick. What are your concerns with Tommy Adabare here, Rick? I, I think just a, from a production standpoint, he's going to have to slide inside as a nickel rusher because he's not going to get a lot of production production off the edge as a rusher. Maybe a good nickel inside rusher. He flashed that down at the Senior Bowl, uh, but he wasn't productive in college. Um, so I, I just think that Will McDonald and, and Ojolari give you too much edge presence to get after the quarterback to team up with Reddick. You got Graham, who is – or um, uh, they lost some pass rushers. I'm sorry. Uh, I was talking about my Philly pick next, which I've been, like, honing in on. Oh, uh, but I think that they need some edge – New Orleans needs definitely some edge rushers, and there's some pretty good edge rushers still on the board. How would you have felt – Rick, how would you feel about Keon White here at George Tech? He's also a big sort of five. Yeah, he's big. He's long. Uh, he uh, may fit better, you know, like a Cam. Not saying he's Cam Jordan, but like a Cam Jordan, that body build type, better than Tommy would potentially fit here. All right, go ahead, Emery. Defend Tommy. They need help on the inside. Like, they got two guys that are are good. You know, I, I'm a big fan of Shepard. I'm a big fan of Saunders, but they need someone that can provide that quick inside presence. And Rick touched on a nickel defender, nickel rusher. Perfect. That's why I went with uh, Adabare here because I like Peyton Turner. I think health permitting, he could be what they want on the edge, which is why they drafted him in, in the first round. I also like the fact that they still have Granderson who can provide some pass rush. Losing someone like um, uh, Ellis was an underrated pass rusher that they lost. And yeah. I thought he, he right. was. Caden Ellis and Ellis was a good pass rusher. And I, and I feel like they still have some ability there, you know, with passing yo and, and guys on the roster. Interior pressure right after Saunders and uh, Shepard is Prince of Millie. Big fan of him coming out of Penn. 
but I, I'd rather get a guy that I know can provide some quick burst on the inside as a three tech uh, in, at a bar rate. All right. No, I get it. Uh, pick 31. I'm going to go to the bottom. And we'll, we'll moonwalk backwards so Rick can have his moment in the sun here. The Chiefs at 31, last pick in the first round. Take Darnell Wright, right tackle out of Tennessee. That would be a, a steal, I feel like, if he were there for them and and fill a huge, huge need, if, especially if Jawan Taylor, who they signed from Jacksonville, is indeed going to play on the left side. So at pick 30, Rick, the Eagles get their second first round pick. At pick 10, they took defensive end Miles Murphy. At pick 30, they're taking offensive tackle Anton Harrison, and you were fired up about that because why? Because we're going to lock GM Emery in the closet and bring out Scout Emery <laughs> and run the rest of the draft here at this pick. You've just been building up these running backs. You have Jameer Gibbs, mm. and you didn't take him at the uh, at the. You took Miles Murphy at ten. Now you have an opportunity to take a guy you love that could definitely help them. And all the stats and all the uh, points that you made earlier on why our offense would be explosive if we had B. John Robinson or Jameer Gibbs, who you have ahead of B. John Robinson, um, which is a head scratcher, but that's just a whole nother podcast. But take Jameer. Why wouldn't you take Jameer Gibbs here when you've just been making the whole case for him over the last 45 minutes? Glad you brought that up, Rick. <laughs> as, a D, as a DM of the Philadelphia Eagles, look at like locked. I locked him in the uh, closet. This is a scout Emory out now. Here's scout Emory telling you why. Because listen, as sexy as it would be to get running backs, mm. let's hold out hope that Rashad Penny is healthy. He's explosive too, combined with Gainwell, who's a better, who has a better feel for the run game than what we just left go out the door than Miles Sanders. Well, late. Let's go back to the offensive line. You know, we have to get we have to continue to be an offensive line, defensive line factory. So I'm a big fan of Anton Harrison. I think he does a great job using his hands. He does a great job in a run game, which is what we need. Lane Johnson has been a little bit banged up, but he's still a stalwart. But you need help behind. You need depth behind us, swing guy. And what if, you know, you lose Maialata for a couple of games, you know, banged up or whatnot, and the depth drop off. So this is improving the depth, getting another good talent, because guys can't play forever, man. And as hard as the running back scout and also the GM who's locked in a closet to pass on Jameer Gibbs, but let's say that a guy in Rashad Penny is healthy and hasn't lost that explosive. I know that's a lot of ifs, ands, and buts. You're doing mm. a lot of ifs, ands, and buts. Who, right. with your roster right now, you just gave the quarterback uh, a, a few dollars to uh, going to be there the rest of his career, and you have a very good football team, and you got an extremely talented football player. Who's going to help you win games next year? Oh, more. Oh, more? Gibbs? Or yeah, 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 definitely Gills. But again, yes, it's a year-to-year league, Rick. You know, as a former GM, Rick, I am appalled that you don't <laughs> understand that you have to build for multiple years. But in all seriousness, I, I, I kind of buck my own thought process here and say, you know what? Let me go and get the offensive lineman. Let me get the offensive lineman. Let me rock with this offensive lineman. Um, and again, Let me the get Jameer why- Gibbs and go win a championship next year, and then I can rock an offensive lineman later. <laughs> clip, hey, this uh, off, clip this off and play that, and let that just resonate around so people can say exactly <laughs> I follow what Rick is talking about. Take the running back and go win championships. But the reason why I went Bijan with Dallas, and this is a this is me being Jerry Jones. Not only it's a need, but hey, man, he's from Texas. Long, I'm thinking marketing i'm thinking you know selling more jerseys i'm thinking expanding i'm thinking of closing off that big bright light that flies in the team's eyesight when they're going to the north side of the field to fill mm. it in with more seats because we got Bijan. we're trying to get the first two hundred thousand seat stadium so that's yeah, why i yeah. took Bijan instead of gibbs despite having gibbs ranked higher than robinson all right david let me ask you as a resident eagles fan at 10 with miles murphy and then at 30 with anton harrison are you okay with that or would you rather have jameer gibbs I'm, I'm going to flip it. I'm going to take Peter Skaronsky at 10, solidify Ooh. that offensive line a little bit, maybe on the interior and, and eventually Kelsey leaving. You know, you slide Cam Jurgens over. And then I'm taking Gibbs at 30. Let's go win a championship. How do you feel about that, Rick? Is that okay? Yeah, but I don't know if, if uh, Cam can play guard. I think he's a center only. Well, all right. Well, Debo disagrees. He's locked in the other closet. So him and him and uh, Emery can play uh <laughs> telephone with the cup and the string on it. With the string, <laughs> talk to each other. All right, here we go. Um, let's talk quickly about uh, some of the the players you gave to teams that don't have first round picks. 
Rick, you'll be glad to know that Emory gave the Dolphins Jameer Gibbs, uh, presumably in round two. I can't imagine. I think they have a second round pick. They don't have very many. They have four picks total. But I want to talk about the Rams. I know they have pick 36 here, Emory. I'm assuming this is where they get Hendon Hooker, the quarterback out of Tennessee. I love what you did in your your mock, Ryan, because it makes a lot of sense. Number one, he's a really good quarterback, and they need depth. They have right now no one there. Um, obviously, they have some guys there, but still, they they need someone that's young. Um, they don't have a lot of draft picks, and I know Hendon Hooker is not young, but he's someone that can play, you know, ten plus years because of his age and also the the position. And at the end of the day, they have what. I feel like they have 28 people on their roster. They need they need mm. guys. You know what I'm yeah. saying? They need a quarterback. They have so, no special teamers on the roster as we tape this. It, it's insane. So I feel like this is a pick that would makes the it makes the most sense uh, for the Rams to do and, and grab him to Hooker here in round two. You okay with that at 36, Rick? Yeah, I think Hooker's going to go in round one though. So if you're the Rams who have historically, at least in recent years, not been afraid to trade away picks, would you trade to the first round to potentially get them? No, I don't know if they have a. Well, they may. I don't know how much ammo they have left. Yeah, um, have to go to the future. I know they accumulated some with some of the trades they made. Uh, but if if Hooker was there and he is uh, sits behind Stafford for a year, yeah, and and then you get an opportunity to start building for the future, I think you can build a future with a Hooker at your quarterback position. All right, we're more than an hour in. So if you want to see the rest of the players that Emory has going to teams without first-round picks, check out his mock draft on cbssports.com. Emory, thank you for joining us. Rick, you can write Emory your apology letter. Or do you want to read it now? <laughs> you want to read the respect letter right now? I respect all the hard work and effort and energy that you guys put into this to come up with your mock drafts. It is truly impressive. On how the deep thought process is to come up with such bullshit. <laughs> oh, Debo! Love it. I Debo. love it. Keep it in there. Keep it in there. You got to keep it in there. We're live. Every, every made Rick curse. <laughs> oh, Debo just took well, his toupee off. You know <laughs> Debo took his toupee off and threw it against the wall. He's going to get in trouble for that. Oh, Debo, I'm sorry. All right, that's it. That's a wrap of episode 30 for Rick says some more bad words. It's the family show, Rick. Remember, give us a thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave a five-star review. Thanks, as always, to our guy, Potty Mouth, Rick Spielman. Thanks to Emory for joining us. Thanks to you for producing. And thanks to all you guys for out there for watching and listening. We'll be back next week. It's draft week. See y'all. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+.